mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. episode nine and we are going to focus on two main things today first we'll talk about fractions decimals and percents and how conceptually you can walk kids through understanding the equivalence between those and then we're going to try to talk a little bit about flipped classroom and how um, our experience with that and then what that's morphed into now so Ruth where are you with um, (laughs) where are you with fractions decimals and percents right now so, um, I have to just make a confession okay. that I started fractions, decimals, and percents, and I have so much in my toolbox of really cute ways to teach all the rules. Uh, give us an example. Aww. So, <laughs> I have a foldable okay. that has fraction to decimal, fraction to percent, and decimal to fraction. I have a really cute triangle that is has lines going both ways, and you can fill those rules in. Okay. Um, I have a college student who rewrote, well, truth be told, my daughter when she was in sixth grade. She is a freshman in college now. Uh-huh. Rewrote the Cupid Shuffle <laughs> for turning a decimal to a percent. Okay. To the right, to the right. Okay. And do you mean just like some sort of division thing? Is that what that is? So the Cupid Shuffle, you know what that song is oh, and the dance yeah. that goes with it. Okay. Oh, like moving the decimal. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. But she doesn't say moving the decimal. Okay. I mean, it's it's a cute song. Okay. However, when we've been dividing decimals, we have not moved the decimal. We have shifted the place value. Right. So how do I go into... Now we're going to turn a decimal to a percent and you're going to move the decimal to the right, to the right. Yeah. And every single rule that you have, that's what it says to do. Right. Um, so it was a little bit of a struggle because I was short on time. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to get it in before their exam because it's on their exam. And I had already taught how to multiply and divide by tens and hundreds. Huh. Multiply by a hundred. That's what you do when you turn a decimal to a percent. Okay. I've already taught decimal division so i just felt like this was a really good place to go next where you can take what you know and apply it right um so i ended up taking something that you told me about we talked a little bit about it in one of the episodes where you were sharing with a colleague how she could teach them how to turn fractions to decimals right conceptually and not just well she wanted to go with just division like put the numerator as the dividend and the um, denominator as a divisor. That's that's the way she wanted to go with everything. Right. So I started with a page of base 10 flats. Okay. And I just asked them to shade. And I would shade or tell them what to shade. And so we started with just shading 13%, 72%. Okay. Can I stop you there? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've never had to teach percent. I've, okay. Uh, but where I've been on my standards, I've always had to do just 
fractions and decimal equivalents and okay. percent would be was the next teacher for me. Um, so I've always wondered, what do you say? I mean, yes, even my, you know, eight, seven year old has some understanding of percent because it's part of everyday language, you know, Um so they come with a little bit of understanding, but how do you really explain what percent means? So, and maybe I didn't do this. I would love to hear someone who has some great idea for how to do this, yeah. but I start with what they know. Where do you see percentages Okay, at the top of my test? Are you ever frustrated when you get your test back and it says 13 out of 20? And you don't know what the percent is. Okay. Um, what do you do to get the percent? And I've just completely made this up. And I tell my students this every year. But the percent sign is made of two circles and a diagonal slash. And the first circle stands for out. And the second circle stands for of. And if you rearrange the symbols, then you get a 100. And that's the definition of a percent. <laughs> out of 100. Okay. Right there in the percentage sign, every time you talk about percent, it means out of 100. So okay. what do we know that's out of 100? And that's where we start with the flat. Okay. This is out of 100. Um, so we're coloring 17 hundredths right. on this flat. But you've asked them to say 17%. Right. We started with that. So then we have the conversation. You've colored 17%. And you've colored 17 hundredths. Can somebody tell me why this picture represents both numbers? It represents 17 hundredths behind the decimal. And it represents 17 whole percent. Okay. And it takes a little bit of funneling. Yeah. But eventually we learn it's because we changed the value of the one. In 17 hundredths, the flat is a whole. And in 17%, the unit is a whole. So all we've done is shift the place value. Can you say that again? Yes. So when you're doing 17 hundredths, your base 10 flat is in the ones place and you have shaded 17 parts of it. So you call it 17 hundredths. Okay. But when you say 17%, you've just redefined the unit. The unit is no longer a hundredth. It's a whole. Huh. Okay. So each one of those squares that you're seeing on the base 10, like the, on the hundreds grid, mm -hmm. is now one. It used to be a hundredth, but now it's one. And so all of that... Going back and forth with those blocks, those students are becoming fluid with this really can change. Yeah. So after you've colored 17% and you've colored 9%, then I say, show me what 10.5% looks like. That's a good That's a good idea to go there next instead of straight to a decimal where they're like stuck needing a half percent and not knowing you can do a half mm -hmm. percent. I like that idea. And so 10 and a half percent shows up a couple different ways. And we have good discussions. You have the student who colors half of one of the blocks and you have a student who colors five tenths or like half of a rod. That's what I was. I would I was going to see them doing one rod and five more units. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have expected. And so 
you take that 15% that you just mentioned right. and you compare it to the 9% that you colored previously that's on the paper in front of you, which one of these is bigger, 9% or 15%? And what about 11%? Where should that fit? Mm-hmm. And now you have 10 and a half and that should be smaller. So what should that look like? Yeah. Um, and maybe you could even go show me 10 and a quarter percent. Yeah. What do you think a quarter percent would look like? And if you think about it, when you give them that base 10 flat and they're going to color a quarter, every single person is probably going to divide it into force with a T because it's an open square. Okay. Okay. So then your next block is, could you color one-fourth of this block? One-fourth of the entire flat? Yes, that's your next question. Okay. So now you say, well, look at what you did when I asked you to color a quarter of a percent, how you divided it. You cut it in with as a T. I don't know how else to say. Yeah. So now you've kind of given them that. I'm going to cut the next flat like a T. You've reminded them back from fractions in second grade what uh, what one fourth. What's one way that it looked? Right. Okay. And interesting. In a lot of kids at the time by the time they get to me, they know that one fourth is 25%. Yeah. Like they've just learned 25 hundredths maybe. Right. And so they color two rods in five units. Yeah. But it's really hard to see that as one fourth when you're looking at it. So, you know, why is that one fourth? Well, because it is. Well, prove it. And so yeah. they end up drawing these funky little sections yeah. of there. Yeah. Um, and then when they have to do one eighth, they haven't really set themselves up for right. success. Because when you do one fourth with a T... You can do the diagonals for one-eighth. But I want to tell you, so I'm progressing through this. And just like you said, I probably gave them a reminder. Think about what one-fourth looks like when you are um, just drawing it in a blank square. Mm -hmm. So it's the T, but it's also just three vertical lines. And so I go over to one of my students' papers. uh, You mean, and four... Four sections. Four sections. Yeah. Okay. But he's drawn those three vertical lines. So he cut it in half vertically, uh-huh. right? And he has five tenths on both sides. Okay. Well, he knew he had to have half of five tenths. So he just draws a vertical line down the middle of one of those tenths. <laughs> and he shades one. And I just say, tell me about what that is. And he said, well... It's just two and a half tenths. Two and a half tenths. Okay, I see that. So what he has is like two, in case you're not thinking, like being able to see the picture, because I've seen the picture. (laughs) You tweeted it. So he has two whole rods or or columns, and then that third column or or tenth is just vertically chopped in half. Mm -hmm. So what do you do next? So... I said, that's really interesting. How do you think you should write two and a half tenths? Mm -hmm. And he writes on his paper 2.5 and writes the word tenths. And then I post it to the whole class. Yeah. 
So I put his picture up there. I actually take a foam base 10 block out of my tub from the front. And I said, I asked Stephen to show two and a half tenths. And this is what Stephen did. And I cut it in half vertically. Are you, you cut a rod or a I or cut a, a rod. Flat. Okay. And the students are kind of like, after they get past the fact that I just cut a base 10 block in yeah. front of them. Yeah. Then someone says, well, why didn't you just turn it the other way? Huh. That's a good thought. Right? Because if I gave you a base 10 block and said, cut it in half, your first instinct would not be to cut it vertically all the yeah. way up. Yeah. And so he's just kind of sitting there pondering, looking at his paper. And then I said, so now we have to write what he has. And he has two and a half tenths. How do you think that two and a half tenths should be written? Yeah. And we just had a number talk. And they had to defend yeah. any answer. So I got so many. I wrote 2.5 with the word tenths. Um, of course, someone said 0.25. Someone else said um, 2.05 because they knew it was half a tenth. That was the justification that they ended up giving to me on that one. We have to put the five one space over from the tenths because it's half a tenth. So their thinking was spot on except for the fact that they put the two in the whole place. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then someone hmm. was like, that's not, that can't be two and a half tenths because... You have, that's two and five hundredths. And that's how you say that. Yeah. You know, and so I'm just listening. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Tell me if you want to continue to defend that or if you want to try something else. Yeah. And then finally, the student in the back says, if you have two, two and a half tenths, then you have two tenths and half a tenth. So your two has to be in the tenths place. Okay. Just like it was... Duh. Yeah. Did it, did people latch onto that? And did they... they latched onto it. And so the next place we went was three fourths. Mm-hmm. What does three fourths look like? Um, actually, we didn't. Well, can I go back? Because mm-hmm. I would have gone. I would have gone back to the model, and I would have been like, "Look, when you put this half, because you've what you have there are." Ten halves of tenths, right? All the way down. No. Yes. Yeah. And you so have ten half tenths. And so we did. We I folded the little foam piece that I cut and showed them that these two halves would make a hundredth. Yeah. And these two half tenths yeah. would make that's where I would have gone was immediately the model. Did that not connect any of them? I think it just helped the ones who hadn't gotten there. So many yeah. of them got there with just that student who said if it's two and a half tenths, then two tenths. You have to have two tenths. Yeah. So the two has to be in the tenths place. Okay. So we put the model back together. Like you said, I just kind of fan folded it in front of the class. Um, and then we went to two fifths. I said I went to three fourths, but that's not true. I went to two fifths because that is the most common mistake. When you have a fraction and you want to write a percent, you just... Pull some numbers from <laughs> yeah. the top and the bottom and put them together and make a percent. And they're going to say 25 mm-hmm. hundredths. 
They're going to say 2,500. Yeah. And so, and it was a little bit harder to think about how to turn your paper into fifths. Yeah. Because I think, well, I think sometimes we get stuck in circles. And for me as a sixth grade teacher, when we are just going to fractions, it's almost like every time I say make one fourth or show me this, a circle is the first thing they go to. And that's mm-hmm. the hardest one to divide evenly. Yeah. In circles or or squares, I guess. Right. So it a lot of them struggled knowing how to make fifths mm-hmm. on their paper. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to color sets of five instead of make five groups on their paper. So we had to like take a break and remind ourselves what fractions were and think about how to make five equal groups and shade two of them. But, okay, this might be diverging too far, but there is a way to do it when you make, if you make groups of five and then you color two in every one, then, Hmm. right, don't you end up with like two out of five all in in every single five, then you're going to end up with, Two times 20 groups of five, which is 40. Um, I don't really know that that you want to go there, but that's another way to do it. Like that's another way to model one fourth is one out of every four. So color, don't, don't, don't. Color, Hmm. don't, don't, don't. And you're still going to get 25. Yeah, we never went there. I mean, I didn't have anyone who went there and I didn't think to, you know, push them in that direction. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's a good I think that's a good model to have and you just put it up on the board and say someone in a different class yeah did this. Ooh, yeah, to compare like what's the same and what's different. Yeah. That'd be a really good one. And and it and it works for like I like it for one eighth because you can I'd have to play it out, but you do, you know, color one and then have seven not colored and mm-hmm. go all the way around. And then, then you'd take what you have left and you would have four left, right? And you would break that into eight total pieces. So you'd cut each one in half and color one more. So you're seeing that half hmm. of a hundredth left over. We'll have to put a picture of that because yeah. that was just tough to follow, but um, it works, too, to, to do it as one out of every and eight. And it really is a different way to think about it. I, I haven't really th- thought of – we have some unanswered questions, and I'll, we'll talk about another one in a minute. But I haven't really thought about is this um, – how this relates to partitive and quotative division. Don't you think we're like mm. maybe where the eight – is the size of the groups or the number of groups. Yeah, that's what it is. Whoa. <laughs> right? Isn't that true? Yes. When So if you... Okay, we have really take, taken a little... Um, yeah. Have impressed yourself. I have we should impressed not myself. have this conversation in front of students until yeah. we understand it. But that is so true, and I've never done it that way. But that would be an awesome... I, I think you really should use that what's the same, what's different routine and put that up there. Pick one, pick an easier one, like one fourth, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, I maybe I saw that and I didn't know that I was seeing it. 
because the in, kids from your students, maybe the kids who knew that one fourth was twenty five hundredths. I thought colored a random pattern. Oh, just to be cute, just to be cute. But maybe, maybe, maybe somebody it, thought of it that way. Yeah, I'll have to. I don't have their papers anymore, but. Yeah, I will definitely. Maybe that'll be my warm up today. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I got you distracted. So you back, got me distracted. But that was a good distraction. Yeah, and maybe. what about like <laughs> one third? I mean, yeah, exactly. One out of three, and then you're gonna you're gonna have one piece left, left that you cut into thirds, and, and you keep going, and yeah. it's repeating. Hello. Yeah. Sweet. Because you're gonna get thirty three and a third. Right? If you divide that last piece into a third. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So back to two-fifths. You were saying, when I distracted you, you were saying we had a hard time coloring, breaking it into five equal groups. Right. So we just had to talk about what does two-fifths means. It means there's five groups. But now it doesn't necessarily have to mean that. Now it can mean... Groups of five. There are groups of five, and two of each are different. Are shaded or something, selected or whatever. Okay, but go with the go with the go with yeah. the groups of five. <laughs> no, five of groups. Go with five groups. I'm sorry. <laughs> I made this way. You're gonna be like oh, trying to teach it all confusing right. yourself. So I think that's I mean, I think we made our point on that. Yeah. That once they had it shaded and they understood why 40 of the blocks were shaded, mm -hmm. now you have this relationship between decimals and percents. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're ready to, I mean, there's definitely a place where you have to show them that a fraction is a division problem. Yeah. And you can do it with this model or you can do it as a division problem and you already know how to divide. Um, and that's where I know we've talked about it before, but I teach middle school. And so we just cut the cheese mm -hmm. because we brought the sliced cheese into class mm -hmm. and we worked in a base 10 factory. And some of the boys just cannot handle it when I just continuously <laughs> say cut the, the cheese. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and I have this one boy who's, he's just a special friend and uh -huh. he just could not stop laughing <laughs> and he is not engaged in math class ever because math class is hard for him. Yeah. And as he's leaving, I said, so what are you going to tell your dad about math class today? And his eyes just got really big. <laughs> I said, are you going to tell him Miss E cut the cheese? He lost it. He just lost it. And I said, and I did that in every single class. <laughs> All day long. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes I say you have to put your zero there. But most of the time I re reference that one lesson of when I gave them the sliced American cheese. And I think we talked about it. And Yeah, we've talked about it before. Um, so what's, what is, I mean, it, I think it could help for us to go through like all of the fractions that you can do, I mean, just to like say it, because there are people that don't know like how 
each fraction you can think about it conceptually into the decimal Mm -hmm. but then and then say which ones are like okay we're just gonna use the division for this one right well um are you like so we talked about 20ths when something is has a denominator of 20 is this where you're going like if it's three twentieths? well i think we should start from the beginning like like start smaller and okay. work our way up just to help people who haven't taught it before. Like if you've never taught it, you don't know what some of the tricks are. So half, you could think about like cutting the the block, the grid in half or half of a dollar is 50 cents. Okay. Um, one, well, I w- I'm going to skip one third. Okay. And come back to that one. Then one fourth, you, you could see cutting that grid into fourths with the T like you talked about. Or, I mean, we talked about a lot of things for fourths right. right there. And then you use what you come up with for one fourth to help you with two fourths or three fourths. Um, and, and you could think about it like repeated addition or you could think about it like multiplication. You know, if, you've, if you know one fourth is twenty five hundredths, then you could add twenty five hundredths again or you could multiply it by three depending on what they already know how to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then fifths, you talked about splitting your grid into five. Mm -hmm. So it would be, you'd see wrote two columns, groups of two columns, but you also, for that one, I teach my students to see because of what we know about fractions that fifths can easily be turned into tenths, Mm -hmm. um, by multiplying the numerator and the denominator both by two, um, you know, which is really multiplying by one. Um, but I, if they don't automatically think about fifths every t- I just tell them it's so easy to turn it into tenths. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to tenths, if you're reading a fraction as tenths, it's the same. You read it the same way for decimals, right? So then we're going to skip six. Eighths, uh, the best way to think about it is seeing the relationship between one fourth and one eighth and then cutting. So one eighth is one half of a fourth. It's cutting that in half. Um, but, but you would have built that understanding on the grid, not just like handing it to them. And so half of 25 hundredths is 12 and a half hundredths. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you have 12 hundredths and then the next space is halfway to 13 hundredths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one it's one hundred twenty five thousandths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to you have to go to thousandths if you're going to cut a hundredth in half. Um, and then so from there you do the same thing. You like, um, I mean, I like to think about you. Well, you can multiply. So let's say you had to do seven eighths, right? You could multiply one hundred twenty five thousandths times seven. Mm-hmm. You could know I'm one eighth away from a whole, so you could subtract one hundred twenty five thousandths from one. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see like a see a picture of it and realize that that's two of them put together is a fourth, two of them put together is a fourth, two of them put together is a fourth. So you know you have seventy five hundredths, like you have three quarters already and then one more eighth. So you could add, if I was going to do it mentally, that's probably what I would do. Right. I would take, I would start at seventy five hundredths and add one hundred twenty five thousandths. So all of that to say, it's a waste of time to do, you know, five eighths the division way to divide five by eight 
it's that's a waste of time. You use what you know, start at four eighths and add one the amount of one more eighth to it, that kind of thing. Um, we're going to skip ninths. I hope you're realizing we're skipping all of the multiples of three so far. Right. <laughs> but then tenths are easy. Right. Um, and then you set. I think the next one that we'd have to use it would be 20th. Would be 20th. I remember teaching fifth grade when you had to know 12th, but they've taken it out. I had some, I had that um, 0.0833, one twelfth is easy for me. Oh. And that's what I say in my head. Like if I'm figuring it out, I, I do that in my head. But thankfully, they've come to their senses and they've removed one to 12. They've removed 12th from the um, fifth grade SOL. It's their standard. It says now, this is interesting. It says, um, something and maybe it says thirds and every factor of 100 has to be your, oh. it, 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 like they could see any factor of 100 as their denominator, mm. which makes a lot of sense because if you can turn it into, maybe it's eighths and thirds and, and then any denominator that's a, a factor of a hundred, because you could, that's a good, another better strategy, get that denominator up to a hundred, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So now you tell about 20ths. So 20ths, you think about the fact that, well, you can, one of the ways you can think about it is there are 20 nickels in a yeah, dollar. That's where I was going to get to. And so if I have three 20ths, that's like having three nickels, right? Which is fifteen cents. Um, but now I'm really back to that, like partitive, quotative. I'm imagining one twentieth on that grid and coloring one block out of every two rows. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, or or what did we say? How many twentieths? One twentieth. Three twentieths. Three twentieths. That go to 100 pieces, you could multiply the numerator and the denominator both by five Mm -hmm. to get to 100 on your denominator. There's a lot of ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Like the more we talk about it, we've got four ways really, right? Because you've got a division problem. Don't go there unless you have to. You've got um, thinking like color one out of the group that you're talking about. or And then we've got... I just lost myself. <laughs> oh, turning it in, going from that number to 100. And then what was the fourth way that I was thinking about? I guess dividing it into that many pieces and seeing how many are there out of 100. That was kind of. So another misconception that came up that I did not expect to come up was. Okay, if you know that one half is equal to two fourths. And you know that one half is equal to 0.5. Then what is two fourths equal to? And they don't make that. They don't connection. make that connection. I, I hear you. They, they would say like 24 hundredths or something. Yeah. Or they would feel like they had to do it again on their paper, even <laughs> if they had a different strategy. Yeah. Um, that was a huge thing in decimal division, too. Like if we're going to make an equivalent division problem and I'm going to move the divisor because I've multiplied the divisor and the dividend by 10. Right. And I've written an equivalent problem and I've solved it. Then what should the answer be when you bring it back to the original problem? And they don't want to think it's equivalent. Yeah. It's the transitive property. I learned that. Oh. If A is equal to B and B is equal to C, then A has to be equal to C. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... Had them close their eyes 
And I said, Ruth's shirt is the same color as Tracy's. Tracy's shirt is the same color as Jay's. Mm -hmm. Put your thumb up if you think that it is possible for Ruth and Jay to have on different colored shirts. Put your thumb down if it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And you just... It was half and half, almost huh. in every class. Yeah. So then we open our eyes, and then we have a conversation, and someone who knew that it was impossible for our shirts to not match was like, well, if Tracy matches both of them, then they have to match each other. Yeah. So that is a... That's tough. Yeah. And it's something that you don't think of as a misconception. You're just kind of like, well, you just turned one half into two-fourths. Why wouldn't they yeah. equal the same decimal? Yeah. Or the same percent? So you, so that's an interesting thing that you would say, because I would have just initially chalked it up to like, they don't have very good fraction sense. Like it's not quick on their brain that two fourths is one half, but maybe you're, it's, it's deeper than that. Like they, they they don't understand that if this is equal to this and this is equal to this, Mm -hmm. then they have to be equal. Oh, that's, that's deep. Okay. Because I think that they, I mean, in sixth grade. I think that they know that two fourths is equal to a half, and you ask them why, and they say because two is half of four. Mm-hmm. So you think they have that? They just don't understand the transitive property. Look at you, Santa, sounding fancy. Yeah, it's uh. good. <laughs> um, okay, so go back to we've we've done most of the decimal, the denominators. Have, I right. mean, you'd you'd have to talk about twenty five and fifty mm-hmm. and a hundred, but. I think we've got enough ideas there. It's back to, is thirds where you think, thirds and sixths and ninths where you think it makes sense to to use the division? Um, or are you reserving that for like sevenths? What are you, what are you saving it for? Um, so we definitely use division with thirds because that was the introduction to the cheese. Okay. Um, and because it's a repeating decimal. Yeah. So I feel like even if you have that picture in your head where you've colored one out of three and you have to keep slicing that at the very end to get that one out of three. You have to know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And you have to teach them that one divided by three can be written as 1.0000 divided by three. Okay. Um, And not 100 divided by three. So you can't just put a zero up there. You have to still keep it as its name of one. And the way you do that is you take that understood decimal and you make it visible Mm -hmm. because you have to write Mm 1.0. So, but a lot of kids start to see the patterns, which are so cool because thirds, there's only two that you can have, one third or two third. So it's 0.3 repeating or 0.6 repeating. Yeah. And then ninths, if your denominator is nine, then your answer is a repeating numerator. So one ninth is 0.1111 repeating. Yeah, yeah. And two ninths. Um, and then three ninths is where we have that conversation because three ninths is 0.333 repeating. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that equal to? One third. Well, look, they have the same decimal. They have the same percent because they are equivalent fractions. Mm-hmm. And then I always say, well, what do you think nine ninths is? And some of them say nine nine. Oh, no, it's one. <laughs> yeah. You know what you just reminded me of? Remember a couple years ago, we I was teaching this and I did a this big grid 
where it had all the numerate. Oh, your eyes just rolled. That was fierce. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, had this great idea that I took and turned into a project. Yeah. And then your parents wanted to shoot you. And my teach, my principal, who's like, what can I help you with? And she's sincere as she can be. And most of the time I'm like, thank you for asking, but I'm good. And this Uh time I was like, I need help grading these. Yeah. They're horrible. And she's was like, Ruth, you can never do this project oh, again. that's funny, Ruth. So the whole idea was, I mean, it was a great idea that they would be able to color the patterns and see all these really cool things about yeah. fractions. Yeah. But I think that's where that misconception, like, if you know that one half is 0.5, then every single fraction on there, two fours, three six, five tenths, six twelfths, you're done. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many parents were like, how many times do they have to divide by 12? This is so hard. Hmm. Like, you don't have to do six divided by 12. You already know it equals 0. 0.5. Yeah. But they were just like, that was their go-to. And they, they just were using division. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't have any background number sense. And I was even helping kids after school. And okay, yeah. so let's go back to what it what I what I gave them because I thought it was a good idea. Um, it was a chart with um, like I don't know, was it one through twelve? Mm-hmm. One through twelve uh, across the top, and one through twelve on the side. And I got it out of I think um, maybe an investigations. I don't know. I have to think everyday math or something. I don't know what it was. Some book I had a teacher left behind. Um, And so in each one, you had to use one of those numbers, like let's say the top row as the numerator and the bottom row as the denominator. And so then you saw all these patterns going across. And I told my kids they had to um, not use the calculator for as long as possible. So they were just had to think about and I wasn't even we probably didn't really focus on the division aspect of it. So they had to just think about what they knew first. (laughs) Maybe mine were maybe we had gone farther in it, you know, than yours. I think that you had not you had not showed them that division was a way to solve it. Yeah. And so they were forced to think about what the numbers meant. Right. And I did it at the wrong time because I had just showed them division and we had made our cute little foldable of rules. And then to them, I gave them 144 division problems. Yeah. Yeah. And their parents were just (laughs) freaking out. (laughs) I think you had. Yes. So lesson learned. Timing is important. Timing is important. And if I had done it as a discovery in class, in groups, and let it be done, yeah. it would have been great. Yeah. But I was just like, this is so awesome. They're going to just think this is so fun. <laughs> They're going to remember these patterns, yeah. and then they won't ever have to divide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's why I, why I came back to it, is because I did watch some of my kids go oh my gosh i get this you know even even how some of them are end up bigger than one because you have like 12 thirds one one it goes one half two halves three halves four halves like that across and they were seeing you're counting five tenths one one and a half one and a half one and five tenths one and five tenths two yeah like that and then they they would see the patterns and go across Okay, well. We did not always see the patterns, <laughs> just saying. I'm going to probably use it again. Yes. You probably you shouldn't. Should. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I mean, I might do it 
in a small group in a classroom yeah what patterns can you find yeah okay give them to me when you leave right. but it will not be every single one yeah i probably left like just let some go i, I think sevenths were on there and it, it was you know save that don't do that first come you know and yeah if you don't get it that's okay okay did we really answer all the loose ends that we had there i think so so we've done I think it's just so important to spend time letting them figure that out. But you have to, I mean, there comes a time where you're just like, this is your, this is how you divide. Yeah. So the next time you get your test back and it's a 32 out of 56. Right. You And you know what to type on your calculator. If I mean, I don't want to do 32 divided by right. 56 on paper. But even if you just did the first, like how many times does 56 go into 320? Then you know whether you got a sixty, a seventy, or an eighty. Wait, like if you do that first, how many times is, you said it backwards. Did no, you say it backwards? how many times does fifty-six go into thirty-two point oh, yeah, zero? Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Yes. Okay, so even if you just do that first digit, that's what I show them. Okay, if you know what the tenths place is, then you know about that's what you're. I like that. Um, yeah, or or I would say like round it to thirty out of fifty or something mm-hmm. that you could do. You know, and then you're at the 60-ish, right? Okay. Um, man, you made me think of something else just then, but it's gone. So we'll move on. So do we have time to talk about Flip Classroom, you think? We're looking at Jay. Jay, we got, well, how long are we? We've got 40 minutes. Whoa. So maybe we should save it again? I think we should. Let's talk about it fast. Yeah, let's just talk about it fast. I mean, okay. Kind of tell us, you're the one who started it. Okay, so Jay, it's it's all Jay's fault. Um, <laughs> so some time when Jay was a um, I like a techno and what is that called? IT person. Yeah. Okay. Um, he shared this link with me, like, uh, and this guy Lodge McCammon, who was um, at NC State at the time, and he was doing something called the flipped classroom, and I'd never heard of it, but I looked into it, and the idea being that you record your lessons and then send them home for the kid to watch for homework, and then you do your practice in class, so you flip the, you know, where class and homework time. And he was offering like this course that you, an online course that you would Mm do. And it was free, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we both signed up for it. Did we sign up for at the same time or did you do it after me? I did it after you. Yeah. And it was great. He, it was a great instructional model. I loved it. He gave you a little bit of feedback. You had to make like 10 videos, right? In the process of it. Um, And we, I went gung ho after that. I, right in the smack in the middle of the year was like this is what we're doing and I made videos for everything I mean I still to this day have a video for pretty much everything I'm getting ready to teach with the exception of like three standards Um, and each week the kids would have three two or three videos to watch and they would take notes I ended up making um, this was at home and so I ended up making note sheets for them to to fill out as they were going because I as fourth graders they just couldn't take appropriate notes they'd either copy everything or nothing and so I made fill in note sheets um and then and and yes there's the the deal of kids that don't have internet but we came up with a really good solution for that which uh, was anyway I won't go into that um we had we had a solution for that and then it really did change my teaching because for the first time I tackled what does differentiation look like and I would give them a quick a quick check when they came in the room 
from watching the video and then I'd split them up in their practice based on how they showed they were doing. And I'd never, I really had never did differentiate it before. And for me, it changed my teaching because you don't blabber. You have 10 minutes yeah. to get the whole lesson. So you have to think about what you're going to say. You have yeah. to plan your examples yeah. and you have to be concise mm-hmm. and you have to be correct. <laughs> So for me, that is the differentiation part was big, but that was probably a bigger part because self-reflection as a teacher really changed. Even just watching the videos and seeing how when I was talking, my face looked grumpy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, those kinds of things kids pick up on. Yeah. So that was another it was that was a good part for me. That's a good point. I had never thought about is. You know, I feel like I, even before we started taking these math classes that we're in now, I had a pretty deep understanding of the content. And I, that's one of the reasons I never thought about that is when you sit down and make a video, you really study everything that's in the, in the pacing guide and the curriculum framework. Like I got to make sure I got this right. And I got to make sure I use all the language and go to the exact degree that it says in the standard. I never thought of, I never connected that, but you're so right. I did get a lot of understanding from studying for the purpose of making a strong video. And I remember reaching out to colleagues, like asking, what's the correct vocabulary word for the line that goes on top of the repeating decimal? Mm -hmm. Because I'm making a video Mm -hmm. and I'm putting it on YouTube and I can't just say it's a line. Yeah. So is there really a name for it? A viniculum is what? what? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Good. Um, So we did that. We did it for like three or four years. And I got a lot of positive feedback. There were a lot of parents that liked it. There were some that didn't. Mm -hmm. And you had, I think you had some that were really didn't like it. So I had, I had a family um, that did not like it. And when they got to seventh grade, I had convinced the seventh grade teacher it was the way to go. And that family was just completely upset. But do you know that I she's come back to me since then, since she's gotten to the upper grades and said, I wish that there was something for them to go back to when they and that's really where we're ending. That's where we're headed with this is. We still have our videos and they're still accessible to our students. They just don't get used before they're introduced to the material. They are discovering it with us in class. And my homework has decreased. But when it's time to study for a test, I feel like I as a teacher have done everything to prepare you. Mm -hmm. Because now you have videos you can watch. You have practice problems at the end of the videos. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing else I can do. You have to put the work into it and you've already learned it. So maybe listening to it again is good. And one of the benefits of it, one of the parents that appreciated the whole flipped classroom the most were the kids who had attention issues Mm -hmm. and they completely missed it. Yeah. In class. Now, when you're doing true differentiation and when you're doing discovery and conceptual learning and they're touching stuff and thinking about it and engaged in conversation and not just having to listen to you lecture. Mm -hmm. You're catching a little bit more of those students, but there's still a benefit for them to be able to sit down with no distractions and listen to you teach it one Mm -hmm. more time. Yeah. And another benefit is if a parent 
if, you know, like, let's say they're halfway there and they kind of know it and a parent wants to help them get the rest of the way there, the parent can sit down and watch it with them. And then they've learned the way that the language that we're using and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a different algorithm than what they know. And then they can help them with that particular strategy. Um, so I did have that. Like, we've been out for a couple of days for snow and we didn't even talk about our decimal posters that yeah. we assigned the student a decimal and in my class you had to go home and make an eight and a half by 11 quote unquote poster to create this number line but you had to write a decimal and you had to write the percent and equivalent fraction and a division problem and a multiplication problem and this parent was completely overwhelmed because they weren't going to be able to work on it in class because we've been out for snow yeah and i said well i'll send you the links here's a video for how to divide. Here's a video for how to multiply. Mm-hmm. Here's a video for yeah. converting fractions to decimals and percents. So you can go to Google or you can listen to how I taught them mm-hmm. and make them watch it with you. Right. To which she replied, I think we can manage. Ah! Okay. <laughs> That's funny. It's just, you don't want to watch five videos. I get that, but yeah. it's there. Yeah. So, so, and, and the other the other obvious one is if a kid's out, you know, we have kids that are sick for a week or go on a trip for a week and you're going to miss all my building the concept and the exploration and the investigations. OK, that's fine. But watch it. And you're still going to you're still going to get the same information, just mm-hmm. not the same process. That's the difference when you're trying to teach conceptually. You want them to walk through the process and the steps to getting there like that was really important to me to when we're when I was introducing decimals like let's walk through what we remember about whole numbers and then all together let's watch how we're going to change that to go with right. to decimals and that that like that process of walking through that was really strong but if you're not going to get that if you're if you're not going to be able to get it that way then here is the same content mm-hmm. um just sort of handed to you on a plate so that's our thought about flipped classroom right now. We might change again, right? I mean, we've we've changed 180, right. not 180, but we've changed big time in the last like three years. Um, we keep learning. You keep, you know. And that's what it's about. Yeah. Is just being willing to pick something and try it. Right. And be willing to say, I tried that. It didn't work. Yeah. Well, it was part of the process. That's the thing. It did work because we learned the content ourselves, which Mm -hmm. made us better teachers. We learned how to differentiate. In my case, I learned how to differentiate. Um, It was worth it. Now we just have a better, you know, something that's working or trying to work (laughs) right now. Something better. Do we have a takeaway or did we just... Do we you have another takeaway? Um, I have a takeaway. I am going to go talk about one-fifth as partitive and quotative in fractions. Yeah. We're going to try that. And yeah, we're going to make designs on our hundreds chart. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, this is something I didn't share with that other teacher is the whole, the purpose of having those divisors be any of the factors of a hundred means that take any of them and get it to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And that's another, that's another trick in your bag that I hadn't thought to tell her. So I might go back and tell her. And then, of course, use it in my classroom, too. All right. See you tomorrow on a run. See you tomorrow. If the ice ever melts. Right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 